You're listening to Vet to Vet Coaching, and I'm your host, Dr. Ginger Templeton. This is episode 41, and today we're discussing specific strategies for board complaints and other career derailers. Stay tuned. I am very excited to be offering a new program called Spark. It is weekly group coaching available for veterinary team members. I firmly believe that everyone deserves access to an objective, highly trained, knowledgeable coach. But let's face it, one-to-one coaching can be expensive. And group coaching not only is affordable, but it provides a unique benefit. What is group coaching? You're going to come into a Zoom call. You may submit a question and may be picked to be coached in front of the group. You don't have to be coached in front of the group, and that's where the unique second benefit comes in. By listening to others get coached through their problems, you are going to learn how to apply these tools to your own concerns. And because this is a group of veterinary team members, you are going to hear issues that you are facing. You are going to hear issues that your team is facing. This is going to be highly relevant to your day-to-day. So for $67 a month, you can get group coaching on a weekly basis and have access to me via email for quick questions and the tools that I teach. If you want to sign up, go to my website, drdrgingertempleton, that's drgingertempleton.com. If you're not sure if this is right for you, just send me an email. We'll talk through it. Ginger at vetdevetcoaching.com. Don't delay. Spark is going to be an amazing program. It's going to change the lives of veterinary team members. I want to see you there. Hi guys. It's been a while and I am picking up where I left off. So recently with my clients, the idea of their careers being derailed or their personal lives being derailed keeps coming up. Um, I hear it a lot in day-to-day conversations too, as if we're just riding along on railroad tracks and suddenly we're off the tracks. And I think if you have been listening to the podcast, you know that's not really how I see the world. I don't think we're on tracks. I think we have lots of options. Life can throw things at us, but we are free to move side to side, free to pivot. And I want to talk about this, and I really want to talk about derailing life events, and specifically derailing career events like a board complaint. I started on this topic of board complaints and online reviews in the last episode, and I'll be honest, I've kind of been procrastinating. You might be noticing it's been a while since I published that, but I promised you more in-depth information on how to handle a board complaint. And you might be listening to this thinking, well, I don't have a board complaint happening. I'm going to skip this one. Don't do that. Many of the tools that I'm talking about today are going to apply to any challenge, whether it's personal, whether it's professional. And especially for those of us in veterinary medicine, we are going to take on things. We're going to experience things in our careers that feel like they upend our entire career. And it doesn't just have to be as black and white as a board complaint. It might be something like the loss of a patient. It might be something as awful as a lawsuit. It might be something like losing a team member when that very relied upon associate gives notice. And suddenly we feel like our world is upside down and we can't handle it. So whatever the challenges are that we face, we're going to talk through a five-point plan for handling it. 
And I do need to say, I am not a lawyer. I'm not an attorney. And when I talk about board complaints or lawsuits, I want to be really clear. I'm not here giving legal advice. And even as a veterinarian, I'm not giving medical advice. I am not speaking to your state's practice act or your country's rules around being a veterinarian. So just be aware that whatever I say today, I want you to interpret it in the context of your own situation and get that legal advice that you may need if you are facing something like this. Okay, if you find yourself on the other side of a board complaint or honestly any challenge, I want to talk about some basic steps that you can take and I want to talk about mindset. I'm sure you're not surprised everything comes back to mindset. But before we get to that, I want to take step one, and it's going to sound a little crazy. Step one is acknowledge when you're in the cancer club. Okay, I know you're thinking cancer. What is she talking about? We're talking about board complaints. We're talking about professional challenges. What does she mean? I'm in the cancer club. Bear with me. So as a coach, my profession teaches that mindset is everything. Last week, my daughter and I were touring colleges. Um, She's a high school senior. She's looking at a bunch of different types of schools. And one of the schools that she was touring, the swim team was recruiting her. So we were meeting with the swim coaches and they kept talking about how mindset is everything. And it kind of became a joke. You know, we were kind of laughing at ourselves because we were so obsessed with this idea of how we think creates our results. Later on in the conversation, one of the coaches was kind of complaining, kind of admitting that she hasn't been going to this fitness class in the morning. I looked at her and I said, well, you know, mindset's everything. We laughed. It was a joke. I I did not expect her to, you know, go home and like reset her thinking and start getting out of bed at five o'clock. But I do think mindset is really critical. And the reality is I think most of us either don't appreciate this, we're not tuned in to having intentional ways of thinking about life, or we're trying to, but we're not doing it in the most effective way. So in most situations, I think mindset is really critical. It's really important. And yet, there is the cancer club. There are those situations where extreme circumstances are going to feel like they are derailing us. So if you've listened to the podcast or if you know me, you know that my daughter is a cancer survivor. Her battle with cancer was one of those major, massive, life-altering situations. I didn't want to be in the cancer club when she was given 50-50 odds of relapsing. I wanted to pretend it wasn't happening. But the reality was, we were there. That was the circumstance that life was throwing at us. Now, When she was being diagnosed, people would say things they meant well. They would say things like, oh, everything happens for a reason, or God doesn't give you things you can't handle, or try to keep a positive attitude for your kids. Like I wasn't trying to do the best that I could for my kids. Let me be very, very, very clear. None of those statements were helpful. And so when I coach, I try to be very careful to acknowledge that some situations just simply suck. There are parts of life that are painful, awful, scary, stressful. And when these things happen, we are not going to think ourselves out of being in that cancer club. All of the positive mindset in the world is not going to change the fact that this situation really, really sucks, that it really hurts. Now, mindset is helpful in these situations, but we don't want to just go, oh, well, you know, have a good attitude. Think about it. You'll feel better. 
And when I talk about being in the cancer club, I want you to be really careful. Sometimes my clients try to diminish their own experience. So they'll actually say, I know this could be worse. It could be cancer. In fact, as a mom, I've had a lot of mom friends say that, right? Uh, they're, they're upset. Something's going wrong with their child. They're very stressed. And then they look and realize they're talking to me. And they realize that, you know, here's this person who went through cancer with their child. And they'll say, I mean, you know, it's not like what Lindsay went through. Well, let me be very, very blunt. Whatever you're going through that sucks, sucks. It doesn't have to be cancer to be in the cancer club. And so there are going to be those things that put you into the cancer club. And it is so important that you just take some time and just accept this is a very hard situation. This feels unfair, whatever it is. And you don't need to compare it to anybody else's suffering. You just need to acknowledge board complaints, lawsuits, losing a patient unexpectedly. These things suck. They put us in the cancer club. And so we acknowledge it. This is hard. This is going to hurt for a little bit, maybe for a long while. I don't have to pretend that the glass is half full right now. And then we go to step two. And if you follow me on LinkedIn, you'll see the tagline. I don't have all of my credentials mentioned after my name. What do I have? It says, let's get to work. And that's step two. I really believe in this. I really believe that when we dive in and get to work, we actually start to feel better, whatever the problem is. Often, when some derailing event happens, we freeze, we hide, we procrastinate. Yesterday, I had a client say to me, she said, when I saw how bad it was, she was doing some work and figuring some things out. And she said, when I saw how bad it was, I just couldn't do anything. I hear this all the time, right? In reality, when we freeze, when we procrastinate, because we don't want to face whatever that awful thing is, we're actually just prolonging our own suffering. The board complaint, the lawsuit, even the cancer diagnosis, whatever the situation, it's happening. And we're going to feel uncomfortable now, or we're going to feel uncomfortable later. And in fact, when we procrastinate, we're often going to feel uncomfortable now and later. Even though we're hiding from it, even though we're watching TV or scrolling on social media, avoiding, 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 we're still carrying that discomfort and we're going to have to face it later. So how do we get to work? Well, for most of us and for most of my clients, I find that writing out a very simple, very basic plan with very doable steps is where we need to start, especially when we're in that frozen space. So what we don't want to do is overcomplicate things. We don't want to write out 20 things that we need to do by tomorrow. We want to make this as simple as is possible. So let's take the example of a board complaint. Maybe you think a client might be filing a board complaint. What do you do? Break it down into a few steps. Maybe step one is just writing down, I'm going to talk to my boss, right? I'm going to talk to the medical director or the practice manager or whatever the case may be. Step two, maybe is to talk to HR. Maybe you don't have HR, so you don't have step two. Step two or step three might be call your liability insurance. And you're writing these things down on paper so you can scratch them off once they're done. Whatever comes from that conversation with your boss, whatever comes from that conversation with liability insurance, we are not going to jump ahead and start worrying about that. We're just talking about these very first baby steps. 
things that we know we can do. Pick up the phone, make a call. Step four is going to be find a lawyer with veterinary board complaint experience. Now, I think that that's very important if you're facing a board complaint is finding someone who is experienced in this to support you. That person might be recommended by a colleague. You might need to go uh, reach out to some other colleagues. So then you write step four, reach out to colleagues who I know who have gone through this and see who has worked for them. It might not even be reaching out to that lawyer yet. It might be reaching out to colleagues to get recommendations. You write down each step. And as you do it, more steps will come up. We don't put those on the paper yet. We get through our three or four steps and then we write three or four more steps. Three or four more steps come from there and we are moving forward. The other thing I want you to think about doing, and some of this will come down to your personality type. Some of you will like this, some of you won't, is to really schedule when you are going to take these steps. So if you're a high J on the Myers-Briggs, if you're familiar with the Myers-Briggs personality, assessment and you're a high J, that last letter, you might want to write these onto your planner. Tomorrow at 3.30 p.m., I'm going to call so-and-so. Thursday, so-and-so. Friday, so-and-so. So it's there and you make a commitment to yourself that no matter how much you're dreading it, no matter how bad it feels to pick up that phone, you're going to do it and get to the other side of it and feel better for it. Now, if you're a high P on the Myers-Briggs and you're a little more go with the flow, I would still encourage you to set some type of deadline, but you might not need to be as structured in your planning of this. And as you check these phone calls or other steps off of your list, notice that sense of accomplishment. Relish it. In these challenging times, when we're facing being in that cancer club, we really want to take those micro moments to simply celebrate that we're functioning, that we're moving forward, and find those little pieces of joy in the day-to-day. Now, of course, these steps are going to look different depending on what situation you're dealing with. So when I was dealing with my daughter's cancer diagnosis, getting to work did not involve calling an attorney. It involved reaching out to different hospitals, seeing what clinical trials existed, and then making a decision. So very, very different but equally simple steps. Make a phone call to person X. Sit down with our current oncologist and ask A, B, and C. Check those off the list, then add and create that second list. You may want to reach out and talk to your mentor. That might fall on the list. You may want to schedule an appointment with your therapist that might be on the list, right? There might be some things on here that aren't directly related to the board complaint process that are still very important for you getting to work. All right, so we've done some very specific things. And again, I'm going to reemphasize how important it is if you're facing a board complaint to find an experienced attorney who understands veterinary medicine, Um, I've talked to many people, I've coached people through board complaints, and this is really critical. It can make the difference between things going well and things being more challenging. But other than that, I'm not here to give you advice. I am here to help you think about how to solve these situations. So we go to step three. Step three is to check in with your brain, right? So very quickly, we acknowledged things were tough. We, We said, hey, I'm in the cancer club. This sucks. Then we said, all right, I got to get to work. I need to do something. All along the way, your brain is going to be giving you all sorts of helpful and in many cases, unhelpful feedback. 
And so once you have the ball rolling and you are making action, you are taking steps, we actually want to push pause for a quick second and spend time noticing how we're thinking. When something has gone wrong in life, we tend to beat ourselves up. That's our default. Not everybody, but most of the people I work with have that tendency. So what we have to do is recognize those sneaky, negative, often hate-filled thoughts. And we have to notice, hey, I'm beating myself up right now. This is a great time to get that journal out. I've talked a lot in this podcast about working things out on paper. And I know not all of you are journalers, and I'm not one who recommends spinning lots and lots of stories in journals, writing loads and loads of narrative. I like to be really to the point in a journal and do homework. And in this case, the homework is a very, very simple list. What you're going to do is write down any thoughts, especially those negative ones, that you're having about yourself or others involved in this situation. So let's think of a board complaint where you prescribed a medication and that medication has some potential serious side effects that you did not disclose to the client. You didn't mention it to the client. The patient developed these side effects and now there's this board complaint. So what are you thinking? What are the thoughts that might be contributing to this feeling of being derailed? Maybe you're thinking, I'm so stupid. I'm a terrible veterinarian. Dr. Smith would have never made this mistake. That's what I hear a lot, right? Like everybody else is somehow infallible and here I am screwing it up on a daily basis. So we're saying these things to ourselves and we're believing them. We're believing them as true. You might also be lashing out a little bit. You might be blaming others. My hospital should have had a system in place to protect this. They should have had a handout and then I wouldn't have had to go over the side effects. My hospital's terrible. They don't have good systems in place. We practice crappy medicine. I'm so lucky. I can't believe this hasn't happened before, right? I'm a better doctor than so-and-so. I can't believe this happened to me and not him. These thoughts come out. Writing them down on paper doesn't make us a terrible person. Thinking them doesn't make us a terrible person, but their impact can cause us to behave in a way that we don't want to. So we want to clean up our brains by getting these things on paper and having some awareness. What else are you thinking? You might be lashing out at the client. Oh, Miss Jones, she's so high maintenance. If she had not asked me a million questions that day, I would have had time to tell her about the side effects. You might go to the extreme about your career. I'm, I'm never meant to be a doctor. I hate vet med. I want to quit. Why did I choose this profession? Right? Lots of different ways for our brains to spin what's happening, amplify what's happening, make it mean more than it has to mean, and start to beat ourselves up and start to behave in a way where we just simply feel terrible. Whatever those thoughts are, write them down. And when you've gotten them all out on paper, take a minute. More are probably going to come. So you write those down too. And then this brings us to our next step. So our next step after step two, get to work. After step three, check in with your brain. Our next step is to step four is to look for the kernel of truth. The kernel of truth is something that I talk to many of my clients about. So you have all of these thoughts and some of them are hitting you really hard, like a gut punch. Some of them are like, like creating a feeling of like deep burning pain. Like they feel so true. Now others, you're going to look at them and you're going to see them for what they are. So for example, when you say, oh, I'm so stupid, you might be able to look at that thought and go, yeah, I know I'm not really a stupid person, right? Objectively, I did well in school. I do well by most of my clients. I do well by most of my patients. 
but there might be some other thought where you can't separate yourself from it. There is some kernel of truth in it. And the problem that I find with my clients who are experiencing this type of thing is that they are carrying that kernel of truth so close to their core, deep, deep down, that they're building up defensive, even sometimes hostile thoughts and emotions around that truth. And so they're not being honest with themselves. And instead of just being raw, being honest and saying, hey, I screwed up. I wish I had said this to the client. I wish I had not been in such a hurry. I wish I had taken a tiny bit more time, right? That little teeny piece of truth so that they can move on to the next step. Instead, what they do is they carry that kernel of truth and it is like poison in their systems. So I also want to point out that as you look really closely at this, there are going to be a lot of things around it that aren't true right? There are a lot of beliefs around it, layered on top of it, that are the cruel, reactive, hate-filled thoughts that you're building around that little piece of truth. And once you get to that piece of truth and you air it out and you recognize, hey, yeah, this part I do believe, this part I do want to learn from and grow from, then we can start to move forward instead of being stuck in all of the negativity and all of the pain. I want to make a, a quick uh, point here. The kernel of truth is always about ourselves. So you may find that, you know, something went wrong in your hospital. Something went wrong. Uh, somebody else made a mistake, right? So a system failed. Somebody else made a mistake. That's not what we're talking about here. It's fine to recognize that. In fact, it's important to recognize that, right? Like uh, they didn't do what they were supposed to do. But where we get damaged by believing these little kernels of truth and not really giving them airtime is when it's a negative belief about ourselves that has some basis in truth. So again, we recognize it, we acknowledge it, we own it, and we grow from it. We move forward. Now, different from that, imagine a scenario where you're, say, going through a board complaint and the client has just completely falsified information, right? They have no basis for their claim. I've seen these. I've worked with clients who are going through these. And yet that client is still feeling derailed. Now, if you know you did everything right, you don't have to feel bad, right? If you know that client is just completely unreasonable, they just don't understand what happened medically, but not because of anything that you did wrong, there's no reason for you to be stuck or derailed or believe any negative things. But even in those situations, what happens is there is a deeply held belief, a kernel of truth. And this situation, although completely unreasonable, completely falsified, the client is still, or the veterinarian is still feeling trigger, triggered. And they may not want to admit it. Maybe they were short with the client that day. Maybe they actually feel guilty because they didn't bend over backwards. They, they somehow, you know, didn't do that like gold standard service or care, even though everything that they did was completely appropriate. Maybe there's a kernel of truth in their minds because they didn't somehow magically diagnose a patient even when services were declined, right? So sometimes these deep-seated kernels of truth are not fair 
but we still have to recognize that we hold them so we can do something about it. So sometimes that kernel of truth is something that we can improve, we can grow from, right? Our surgery skills aren't where they need to be. So we do more CE or we stop doing surgery or we get our mentor to scrub in with us on challenging procedures. In other cases, that kernel of truth is actually our own unrealistic expectation for ourselves, our perfectionistic tendency. In those cases, the work we need to do is on self-compassion, cleaning up our own thinking, resetting our expectations for ourselves. And by the way, that's when you come work with me, right? That's when you might need to work with a coach. And that takes us to step five. Step five is soften our self-judgment. Now, you've heard me talk about this before, and if you haven't listened to the episode on judgment, please go back because we talk about the layers of judgment where we start judging our own judgment. And this is complicated and sneaky, and I really want you to think about this. But when you have this kernel of truth, whether it's something that you really need to work on and change, like a lack of knowledge, a lack of a skill, something you haven't mastered yet, or if your kernel of truth is unrealistic, perfectionistic, and unfair to you, either way, you still have to soften that self-judgment. So in these situations where things are going wrong, things are going badly, we tend to tighten our grip. And we think, if I just beat myself up enough, this isn't going to happen again. I won't make a mistake again if I'm hard enough on myself. And the reality is, that is completely untrue. The more time you spend beating yourself up, the more likely you are to burn out. Let me say that again. The more time you spend beating yourself up, the more likely you are to be exhausted, cynical, and feel like you aren't accomplishing what you want to. And those are the hallmarks of burnout. And the more burnt out you are, guess what? The more likely you are to make more mistakes. So when we breathe, when we soften, when we recognize our mistakes, and we recognize we are human beings, we are doing our best. And yes, sometimes doctors make mistakes. And yes, sometimes patients die. And that is terrible. And even though that's terrible, this is the cancer club, right? Sometimes things happen. Sometimes life gives us these circumstances. And even when those circumstances are limited time and limited team support and limited knowledge and limited client compliance, we are recognizing we're human beings, all of us. And we are making excuses. We are acknowledging our imperfections. We are acknowledging our limitations. Look, I'm not God. I don't have magic. I am doing my best. And sometimes when I do my best, I still make mistakes. This is how we soften that self-judgment. And we have to practice thinking in this way. Why? Why do we have to? Why do we stop judging ourselves? So we can be functional. So that I can move forward and help my patients. So we can grow. So we can actually like our career, right? And that takes us to the bonus step. What is the bonus step? We go back to work. We move on with our lives. What? <laughs> I have to go back to work? I have to see more patients? Yes. Part of what going back to work is, is simply getting on the horse again, going and seeing that next patient, even if it reminds you of the patient where the situation went poorly. 
What I often see with my clients is that they get really paralyzed around similar cases or similar situations. Those situations might be with employees, right? If they've had a bad situation with conflict with an employee and they have now a new employee who's behaving that way or they're looking to hire someone who reminds them of that person, there's paralysis around that. If they've had a board complaint around a medication or around a certain diagnosis and they're seeing a similar situation, they get paralyzed around that. So the bonus step, step six here, is jumping back in, proving to yourself while practicing steps one through five that you can do this and managing your mind as you do it, managing your thoughts about yourself, taking care of yourself outside of work, practicing that self-care that we've talked about in so many episodes, right? If you're facing a tough time in your career right now, whether or not it's as challenging as a board complaint, figuring out how to move forward is absolutely critical. Getting back on the horse and moving forward. Now, you may need help to do this, and I'm going to say it. I do have room to take on clients right now, and I do a lot of coaching around board complaints in similarly stressful situations. If you want that, hop on my website or send me an email, ginger at coaching.com and we can set up a no-fee session where we chat and see if this might be a good fit. Honestly, I believe that state, state boards should be offering coaching services, certified coaches available to veterinarians as they go through board complaints. These events can be scarring. I've had so many clients who come to me, and sometimes it's years after their board complaint, right? They're not coming to me for that but they are still carrying the impact of it. And I wanna say these are highly accomplished, highly skilled veterinarians. Often they're specialists or maybe work in emergency. The simple nature of their practice is that their clientele and the types of cases they see are more likely to be high risk situations, maybe a slightly more litigious type of client. And yet there's that kernel of truth buried in whatever happened that they have carried with them along with all of those layers of self-judgment and all of those defensive layers, the reaction against clients or fellow team members or management who did or didn't help them through that. No veterinarian should have to face this alone. Any challenges like this, there are people out there, whether it's me or whether it's someone else. I want you to know board complaints are a reality of the practice of medicine. People love their family. People love their pets rather as their family. And when they invest in that medical care and things go wrong, lawsuits, board complaints, these things happen. Remember that medicine is not just science, it is also art. Cells, tissues, bodies, they do not always respond to the treatments the way we think they should, the way the textbook says they should. And as human beings, practicing the art of medicine and the ever-evolving, ever-changing science of medicine, we're going to make mistakes. Sometimes those mistakes do have grave consequences, but you have worth and value outside of your career. We all have worth and value outside of veterinary medicine. No matter what we're facing, we can do difficult things. And when we remember that we have intrinsic value, when we realize that we have worth, 
we can see that our presence in this world matters. We belong and we will get through this difficult stage. We will get through this time in the Cancer Club. So if you're facing something like this or you know someone who is, please know you're not alone. Please let them know they're not alone. Many have gone before you. Many are going to deal with this after you. And there are absolutely ways to endure this discomfort, right? And we can make it better day by day. I'm never going to tell you this happened for a reason. But I do know you can do difficult things. And you can find your way back to thriving in this profession. Take care of yourselves. Please don't hesitate to reach out to me if I can be of help. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Dr. Templeton is a licensed veterinarian in the state of North Carolina. She is not a medical doctor or mental health provider. The content of this show is for entertainment and educational purposes only. It does not substitute for medical or mental health care. The content of this show is not meant to diagnose or treat any human medical or mental health conditions, veterinary medical conditions, nor is it meant to provide legal or financial advice. At vet vet Coaching, we take mental health and the veterinary suicide issue very seriously. If you or someone you know is experiencing suicidal thoughts, thoughts of self-harm, or a mental health crisis, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or seek emergency care locally.